Ball's been everywhere early on. Oh, oh, oh. He's got to get his form. The dancing feet of don't mind Nick Martin. There's a new Martin in town. Draper wants to put an end to all this. Hands it over to Guelphie. Draper wants it back. The brush off runs into space. Outside of the boot. And Tyson, he's lost him. Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. The Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast is two blokes that have known each other forever who catch up most days in the Melbourne CBD for lunch to talk everything Essendon Footy Club. My name is Grant and with me is Scott. Hello everyone, good to be back. Uh, it's, well, it's sort of good to be back. It's a bit of a, that was the hard hard pill to swallow that, that game. So, um, well, are we are we past the, just the anger? Are we <laughs> yeah. past the anger? I, I think I think this afternoon I've started to maybe it was the ashes overnight. Uh, but yeah, that might have been maybe it. Yeah, softened yeah, yeah. It. and the VFL. Obviously, we'll talk about the VFL one. Yeah, absolutely. Because are uh, really big moments in the VFL and really big performances in the VFL. So, um, but unfortunately, um, yeah, everything went right. The VFLW team made the finals. They had to win to make finals. They won. The whole weekend went right, and it went right to literally seconds before the final siren against the top team, basically. One of the well, top two teams, but the most informed team, Port Adelaide. And, yeah, um, Houston, we have a problem is pretty much what yeah, happened. Oh, come on, man. You don't have to go to Houston, we have a problem, too. <laughs> um, That's... That's real bad, man. That's real bad. <laughs> uh, some of my worst work. That was uh, oh lord. Uh, yeah, so it's uh, yeah. I was I was at the ground and oh, everyone around me was so gutted. Um, I think because I was on a bad angle till I was at the other end of the ground and it looked like we just touched it, like yeah. uh, so I wasn't even aware that you know it until I saw the port guys celebrating the. You know, you've never seen a heart sink and collapse and gone, oh, no, they think they've won. Oh, no. Yeah, on, on the screen, I, I didn't get to the game. I wasn't feeling 100%. Um, and as soon as the cameras flipped to the port guys, the port guys were celebrating. And I went, oh, that looks really confident. That looks really, really confident. And it bloody was. Oh, it was. Oh, it, we beat that team, man. I don't, I don't care. For, uh, <laughs> save one. <laughs> Bloody kick out of a pack that could have gone anywhere, could have gone to one of our guys, could have gone across the ground, could have gone anywhere. When the siren went, mate, we we beat that team. We did everything we needed to do to beat that team bar one bloody freak kick out of a pack. Yeah, I don't know if they're going to uh, do that. those kind of kicks. Uh, don't Matt, like them Matty Lloyd was talking about the Collingwood process of, of just small chip handballs, you know, just dead in the clock. Yeah, just, just hey, stop who, play. Who, and Who kicked it? Do, I know, do we know who kicked it? Um, oh, I can't remember who kicked it. Do you know it. what? This is going to sound terrible. I've watched that game three times. Yeah. And I've turned it off with 30 seconds to no, go. No, cause I just it's painful. And maybe that's a bit uh, childish of me, but I just... No, bugger I, that. I, 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 the first 24 hours, I couldn't watch it. I just yeah. couldn't. I was, I was really, you know, I'm an emotional kind of footy fan and I was so gutted I couldn't watch it. Yep. So I know this sounds funny. I don't want to say I know who it was. I yeah, don't, no, I, I, I don't know remember. why Martin or Guelph come into my head, but um, mm. but uh, <laughs> but either look, either way, um, it, it is what it is. It's not their fault. I just it just actually dawned on me. Like I wondered who actually kicked that thing. But yeah, no, look, man, it's we we can mire in the in the bloody fact that we lost that game, but 
There is a lot to talk about in this game. The reason why we were down, what we did to get up. Scotty's got some very interesting points on <laughs> uh, certain po- uh, points in the game and how that contributed to the whole thing. Yeah, it's um, there's so much to discuss out of this game. And uh, I think first and foremost, when we were, you know, almost three goals down, I'm so wrapped that we have a resilience in this yeah, team. Absolutely. That that got us back into the game, uh, got us back in front, uh, and we'll talk about some plays maybe in the next segment. Yeah, Joe yeah. Colwell obviously had a huge last quarter. Uh, but I, I'm, there is still so much positivity in that result because of who we played. Yeah. Uh, they were, you know, outside of Rioli late withdrawal, they were close to full strength. Um, they could have their, done with the Ruckman, though. All their midfield complementary was there. And uh, so I, there's so much to like about what I'm seeing. You know, uh, there's some moments there where Colwell, Hobbs and Merritt uh, are a, kind of like a midfield duo. and Trio. Trio, thank you. And... Um, Merritt being naturally a very, very competitive first yeah. person, but then matching it with Colwell and Hobbs's attitude, it was really, you know, it, I really liked what I'm seeing. It's hugely and, encouraging, man. Yeah, and after the Carlton game was similar, right? It was the similar kind of guys and add Perkins to that layer. And there is some, you know, there is some really good things happening as far as what I can see is the, is the slow transition of a midfield. Set up and, and and what the makeup might be in future. Some um, of the some of the kids aren't so slow in in showing that who potentially is going to be our next midfield. Because you're right, like the yeah. likes of Caldwell and Hobbs over the last <laughs> hell man six weeks that Parish and, and Setterfield and all those boys have been out, they have put their hands up. Yeah, we, we had the we had the potential when we lost three of our starting four mids: Parish, Shield, and Setterfield. We could have had the ability to be pumped out of that middle, but. Perkins, Caldwell, and uh, Hobbs, and Martin for that matter. Big time Martin, yeah. Have yeah. stepped up in a big way. And the the Caldwell two goals and 20-odd and Hobbs is 20-odd, they're really stepping into their roles really well. And the transition, not that we want to transition, but there is clear pathways now, I yeah. think, to Essendon's future midfield. Yeah, well, there's clear comfortability for Scott to yeah. assess how he wants the midfield to be set up. Who's in the rotations? And I still think there's more out of Perkins. I think there's more that we can get out of Perkins as well. I do, look, I generally I, I feel the same way. Uh, I, I, uh, as much as I think he's had an okay to okay year, mm. um, because he is he's I think from memory he's third in our goal kicking. No, okay. four. Sorry, fourth yeah. in our goal kicking. So it's uh, I like the ball in his hands more. Just like I, mm. I don't know how it's we so do damaging. that. Yeah, 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 I don't know how we do that, but I want the ball in his hands more. Yeah, it's true, but he played more of a genuine kind of half-forward role this yeah. time and didn't rotate as much, obviously because Parrish is in, and I found Selling actually moved up the ground quite a lot this game. So, yeah, it's but it's 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 really exciting, and um, and when you know when we talk about the v- VFL segment, you know, there's an extra layer that we can clearly yeah, see, absolutely, <laughs> who's putting his hand well and truly. So up. you know, there's, there's obviously a really a lot to like about you know, what's going to happen at this club in the next five years. And I can see – one thing I can see in all these kids we're talking about um, as far as the midfield group is is their willingness to compete 
and and they've got a bit of mongrel about them. Yeah, absolutely. And, and there's a toughness to them, and there's a resilience to them. And compared to some damn good midfields too, like to yeah. Carlton and to um, Port's midfield, which is no joke. Port's midfield. No, well, you know, Horn Francis ended up with like seven or eight disposals, yeah. man. And, and you I know, just wondered whether or not he was right. But I tell you, he was right. He just got beat. Yeah, yeah. Well, Pal Pepper was like, I think <laughs> around about eleven disposals. Yep. Just I'm only just from memory. Sorry, I don't have it in front of me. But but they, they you know, when you have the, your boke and your butters and 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 your um, Ollie wines and and that's some really physical high end midfield talent. And what I'm liking about Essendon, and, and I think most Essendon fans will understand. I was saying this. It, it was it was a really good test in this game. Because so much, because there was a sixty percent dry and forty percent wet, so it's intriguing. Go okay, we're playing the most informed team. Traditionally, Essendon's a very, very poor wet team, and yeah. we, and we usually we're soft over the footy, right? Yep. That's just being reality. Uh, and I mean, we're we're on our day. We're more skillful. Well, <laughs> that's, a, that's a brave call. But yeah, we, we we love the the dry and being able to run across the top of the ground to be dry. Yeah, yeah, and and look, we've never had a big midfield. Let's let's, let's be honest. It's mm-hmm. it's been it's been sort of your one eighty two centimeter sort of lightly framed competitive, but yep. lightly framed. Um, but to be in that second quarter, it's dry, and we're starting, and the the wheels are turning, and the young, you know, Hobbs and Merritt and and Caldwell are starting to turn this thing around, and then the third quarter, then it rains, and so I was I was telling to the guys next to me, I'll be really interested to see. What happens now? Because yeah. you've got almost like two tests in two quarters. Yep. Like, how tough are we? Because Ollie Wines and Horn Francis and all these guys, they're, they're, they're tough. Sh- they're yeah. strong boys and um, Bokey and all them. And then I, then we outperforming. Like, when yeah. it rains, I thought we even looked better. Yep. And then when that heavy rain was, the heavy rain lasted about 20, 25 minutes. Hobbs in the third quarter, man, nine disposals, three clearances, yeah. and has a huge effect on the game. Uh, so that's the positive. Um, then a slight negative probably relates to what I just said about Hobbsy's third quarter. Uh, so he clearly um, has a, an influence, and, and I'll make this the final point. Yeah, yeah. Um, before we kind of go to the next to next tier of, of going through some individuals. Yep. Um, yes, I found it perplexing, personally me, uh, that Hobbsy's benched in the last quarter and then plays – probably five, ten minutes after that as a half forward um, when he was having such an impact in the wet. Uh, and it's hard to say because I feel like he's been unfairly criticised, Shearley, um, because he was a sub. The coaches that made the decision to put him right smack and back in the, in the middle. And, and, you know, and obviously he's thinking legs and run. So yeah. I, I understand that. I just thought it was the wrong guy to remove. Uh, because Hobbsy at that time actually hadn't played many minutes, so it wasn't wasn't a. I can't see how it could be a fatigue. Hobbsy still end up at the end of the game with the least amount of minutes played outside of a subs. Uh, so he had surely more in the tank to to give, uh, and he had such an impact. I just thought it was a it was an error, and, and that's just me as a fan. I love Brad Scott. Love what he's doing. When you're talking about the resilience and everything like that, that's a big part of what Brad Scott's doing. And yeah. what Brad Scott's doing is creating a, a stability of the club. When people ask me what's the key improvement in this year, 
I still think we've got a lot to grow on as far as defensive actions and, and game plan and all that sort of stuff. I actually think what's happening is more the stability of the club. It's, it's, it's translating down to the players and, the, and they're enjoying the club. They're enjoying each other. They're enjoying Scott. And Scott's putting a lot of emphasis on them being competitive every week. And that's, and that, that's where I think the real improvement's coming. I think there's a lot more layers to come. Uh, but, you know, if you're going to review that game, I was – I always thought that was a turning point at that particular time. Port score three goals in the first kind of 10 minutes or so. Um, Chile ends up with no clearances, one handball and one and one kick for the, for the whole quarter. Again, it's, it sounds like I'm potting shield, but I just didn't think with five weeks out through that niggling injury, I just thought he's not ready to play that inside mid right off the cuff against such a big, strong midfield. Yep. And... And it was just, I don't know why Hobbs was is on the bench. There I was a player there performing in that yeah. very role. Perform, and, if, you know, not just performing, he was probably the biggest influence in the third quarter because yeah. it was wet and it started to get wet. And he, for me, is close to our best wet weather player. Uh, so oh, He was born for wet weather. Uh, and, I, you know, if I'm being honest, I actually thought Menzi was applying a lot of pressure. And I thought myself, oh, I wonder if uh, uh, a Guelph or a Wiedemann or something would, who are a little bit quieter on the day would come off. I just didn't see Menzi as the, obviously the obvious yeah, I, choice. So, I, did, I didn't know about that one either. Uh, I, as a fan... You know, uh, I'll be interested. I'd love to have a, a conversation with Scott to go, what were your thoughts? Um, because it felt like that was a, a pivotal moment uh, when Port then got on top. Hobbs, he started to play a bit more around the, the, the ball in the last 10 minutes. Uh, but the boys responded, got back in front. So there was obviously a lot of bad luck that <laughs> happened at the end. They, they played it all right. I mean, we missed obviously two goals from 30 yards out in front, one from a snap, one from a direct... Yeah. Kick from Weeds and Parish, and and um, so we 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 could have iced it ourselves. So you know you, you can say we're unlucky, but we we caused a lot of our own unluckiness. So, uh, but again, at the end of the four, the end of the um, four quarters, mate, we were in front. Like bar, bar one, with all of the problems uh, that we up, have, sorry. bar one, fifty-five meter kick, crappy kick that could have gone anywhere. To that ended up being fifty-five wet ball angle, and it's just an incredibly good kick. We were in front, man. We won that game, apart from that poxy kick after the siren, right? So I know, I, I know, I know. I'm I'm being a, an annoying Essendon fan who likes the AFL. Man, I hey, have to give you some credit, man, because that's that is a ballsy kick. That, that yeah. was, <laughs> mate. It, it's I, I like that bloke, Houston. I do. I think he's got some game about him. That boy. A bit of respect for that. Oh uh, man, that's, that's that's a tough kick in the wet. Next time you're wandering past your local oval. Um, and you might be having a kick with your son. Just to finish the kick off, right, just pace out 50-odd metres, hit that spot and see if you can flush one. 51 metres. They kicked it for 53, they counted. 53 metres, and it went over by a half a metre. So he's kicked that sort of 53 and a half, close enough to 54 metres, in the wet on an angle, and it never looked like missing. No. It was a brilliant kick, but... Yeah, it's very annoying. The other thing too, after the break, I want to talk about, which I don't think we talk about very much um, on this podcast, is again I was watching it from uh, from the comfort of the couch, and I tell you what, I'm going to tee off slightly on the umpires when we get back after the break. <laughs> Sounds like fun. All right, talk soon.
is the new one for you. Who's, who's that, Scotty? A uh, band called The Crucified. There you go. A Crucified. Oh, Crucified. It's a great band. Now then, statistically, what, what, what happened in this game as he opens the AFL app that he should have done earlier? Oh, uh, look, uh, I feel like I'm doing this more often than not. Um, I'm, I'm probably talking much more in general than I ever have. Um, Oh, look, there's some guys you ignore their statistics and, I, and you know, and unfortunately Darcy Parrish is one of them uh, because he just could not um, kick the football. And 58% disposal efficiency. Yeah. That's so, not getting it done. Yeah, I mean, obviously he, he won some contested footy. He did some things that he always does, but, um, oh, look, I, I'm going to be a bit harsh on Darcy. Uh, Easy. Um, Tiger. Well... If you want to earn the big dollars, you got to no, 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 you got to no, make. No, no one's paying him big dollars yet, right? Like, this oh, he's thing. getting big dollars no, now. No, he's getting big dollars now because he was just an all Australian footballer. But don't let the other teams wanting him and paying him eight squillion dollars talk him up. He's, no, I'm he saying hasn't if, been if, paid that yet. No, no. If you're oh, you, you would assume he's post six hundred, right? You would assume now. Yeah, as an all Australian um, yeah. sentiment, yeah. Well, you've got to make the big play still, though. If you want to be known as a, an elite footballer in this oh. comp, that's what I'm saying. I'm Mark Robinson wrote it in the Herald Sun today. Um, uh, but he's got to get that side of his game better uh, uh, because, uh, look, it's nowhere near as bad, obviously. He had a really off game. Um, he's obviously performed a heck of a lot better. I, I could easily watch games last two years and just watch quite a number of them and, and it would be par- Parrish is dominating. He did He did what he does. He got, Darcy Parrish can get 20, he got 29 touches. Darcy Parrish can get 29 touches with one arm. Right? Like yeah. he's, that's, he's absolutely brilliant at doing that. Right, And 29 touches is 29 times the opposition didn't have it. But I, I, I kind of agree with you. In fact, I, do, I agree with you that if he's going to be the Zach Merritt level professional and um, – gun midfielder that we know he can be and that he should mm. be at our club, 58% disposal official is not okay. Right? And zero goals, four. Like yeah. from, from kickable situations, he's got to kick that. Now, the other side of the shoulder with the little person standing on it says it's game two back after a really long layoff, right? So where he's getting his touches, he's getting involved in the game, maybe he just hasn't got the touch yet, right, in, in two games. Possibly. Possibly, yeah, a, I'm not going to give him too much of an out because he's played so much footy. But true, if it was ten weeks out, yeah, five weeks, yeah, you, can, okay. you can play better than that. Right. Um, yeah, interesting. This week will be interesting for him. Yeah, I think that you know, I think there's a little bit of a, a mini blowtorch for him um, to to Ooh. to uh, to clean up his skills because he was in such dangerous position, dangerous positions. Oh. To his credit, hey. but. He, but he just we couldn't get any capitalization out of it, and uh, it was often resulted in a turnover. Uh, uh, Merritt, on the other hand, fantastic game, thirty-one um, at eighty-three. Yeah, so he. So that's mean, the thing. Two more, two more possessions in Parish. Fifty-eight um, percent of disposal efficiency versus eighty-three. Mm. I know which one I'd have. I'd have I'd have Merritt with three less or two less possessions than Darcy Parrish at 83 disposal efficiency. And it's just not that. I mean, like the tackle on Alilia and all that. So it's, yeah. just, it's his grunt. It's his competitiveness. He's That was a hell of a tackle, by the way. He's showing really good on-field leadership. And, um, yeah, I, I'm really, really uh, enjoying how he's taken the club forward and and – and and he you feel like he's setting very clear standards to everyone on and and that's what's happening for him and Scott I think are very similar kind of nat- natured people yeah. they they expect 
when you walk out in the park, yeah. yeah, that you're professional and you meet they certain They take the standards. time to tell you what your role is. They explain it. They tell you where it fits in with the team, the reason why they want you to do it, and then they expect you to do it. Yeah. Right? As a professional, you get paid your 600. That's what they expect you to do. I, I want to call out uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. The, fi- the five, six, seven, and eighth highest ranked disposal getters um, in, in the um, game was not so much Kay Farrell because I've never heard of him, um, but Butters, Caldwell, Hobbs, and Rosie. Now, there's some there's four decent young footballers coming up through. Rosie and Butters, dude, those two, those two guys can play. They're quick and they mm. can dead set play. But 24 and 23 from Caldwell and Hobbs, that's what we were talking about in the first segment, man. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. I mean, Hobbs played just 68% of the game. So <laughs> you think now put that, you know, the lens of your stats on that. You go, what if you played 80%? Yeah. And you're talking 27 and, you know, 27 pushing 30. Yeah. 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 So uh, it's it's really pleasing, like we said, uh, where how the youngsters are, are going. And um, I, I, I'm, I'm probably going more generalization here, but I thought after quarter time when we didn't allow a wave of inside 50s, uh, I'm going to put them all as a group. So I'm sorry to Grant. I know you like to individualize, but okay. I thought the back six were excellent. After quarter time, yeah. we gave him no love. The midfield <laughs> in the first quarter, absolutely, uh, it was something like minus fifteen inside field. It was yeah. like crazy, and uh, they, but they really held up. Once we started get our contested footy back, and yeah. and look, a massive. You know, I was going to talk about it later on, but to win that game in the end by plus twenty contested footy tells you where the growth of this team yeah. is happening, but. The I thought Laverde was really, really good. Ridley was good. Zerky, who had the shaky first 10 minutes, really responded well, as Zerky does. And, you know, everyone sort of played their role, you know. Uh, so it's um, – they only end up kicking 78 um, after a really hot start in the first quarter. So we did we did really well. Heps. I mean, Redmond did what Redmond does, does really well. Andy McGrath has been doing really well down that um, – consistently down there. But, again, Dyson Heppel. Yeah, another another twenty, um, high high percentage of disposal efficiency. It's just that is a well settled and, and despite what people think about Ben McKay, and we got to get a big guy to get in the back. I understand, I understand where you're coming from. However, at the moment, that back six looks set. It looks good, and it looks able to handle different threats. The fact that Charlie Dixon, who's a monster of a human with a head that is way too big for his body, um. We just kept pumping the ball into him. It was 15 to 4, 17 to 4 at one stage inside 50s in the first quarter. Now, if the ball keeps coming back in 17 times, surely you know that the, the opposing forwards are going to get on top eventually. Yeah, right? because Rosie and Butters can seriously play. That's it. That's it's, the it's, thing, it's right? It's coming like, out late. It's going to happen. So that's the reason why we looked awful and the likes of BZT cops so much SH1T because the ball keeps flying in there at 8 million miles an hour. But when you adjust and the midfield steps up, then the ball going in there is far more looped. It's far more, uh, far less gives easy, us a chance, yeah. and it gives the boys a chance. It gives Laverde a chance to to match up against Dixon. I mean, so Laverde did for the last three quarters. Laverde, he was did everywhere, man. Dixon. Like wow, he's he's he kicks a goal. Who? So absolutely, man. So look, that that back six, I can't speak highly enough of them, and especially um, Mason Redmond. I mean, again, we we just don't even mention um, Jordan Ridley anymore, who's just has. Consistently good game after consistently yeah, really. damn good game. So, yeah. I want to call him out as well again. 
Yeah, I mean, he's a smoky for the Crichton man. I mean, maybe not a smoky, but if you want consistency, that's what you need in the in the in the Crichton. He's right up there. Absolutely, man. And um, Kyle Langford again. We've got to call out him. Ah, oh, Kyle. Well, yeah, what? He's he's now ten ahead of the next goal kicker. I know it's nuts. He's man. on twenty nine, and Stringer's on nineteen. He just must have the most sneaky good trade craft because whenever the ball comes near him, man, he he's not a gigantic human. He's not. Yeah. Leaping on people's heads, he just does really good things and gets his hands up and takes marks. And I tell you what, if I was going to have somebody kicking from a life for goal, it'd be Kyle Langford. That is, some of the camera angles when we the goals last night, we were right sort of he was kicking towards the the screen of the um, TV. Beautiful drop of the pointy end of the ball on his foot. The foot comes straight up. It looks absolutely pretty, and the ball shows it, that it goes straight through the middle. So three goals won out of a bloke like that, and he's standing next to Jake Stringer, who you might think would be the guy to, to score three goals won, but Kyle Langford just performs and performs every week. Yeah, he, it's underestimated how good his footy IQ is. He finds yeah. space and, and finds where other forwards seem to, to not being able to do it. I'm going to go to a guy who's actually going to go to your major point that you mm-hmm. said before the, the, the break. Peter Wright. Now, <sighs> I'm going to say this. I know he didn't have a big game, but just because a guy is massive uh, doesn't, doesn't mean – the right. Doesn't give an opponent the right to manhandle him uh, as much as he's getting at the moment. Because uh, I reckon it's two weeks in a row where I've seen three or four blatant holds – to prevent him Jumpers, from jumping at the forward. Absolutely, man. And that probably leads to your subject of just the umpiring in general, mate. Mate, and it, it does. Which is not as something we say. If you know our show's saying it, we're concerned. Absolutely, man. Don't, don't go back and check how many times we've mentioned the word umpires. But I, again, watching the game and the, the way they slow the, the play down for you to see, mate, the amount, there was three or four that I could see blatantly. One arm around re- uh, Righty's waist and the other one grabbing a hold of the jumper under his underarm, grabbing the, t- the like, the, under his underarm, not a chunk of the jumper, where where the jumper finishes and pulling it down. So he had a real good leverage yeah. on Righty. So if you're pulling the jumper under his arms, it's hard for him to lift his arms up and get to the ball. It was so blatant. That and I know Sammy Newman has said, what did he say? That one of the things that hasn't improved in a hundred years is kicking for goal, right? The other thing I think Sam Newman said was that hasn't improved in a hundred years is the umpiring. There is so many umpires out on a bloody field now that Righty is. You're right. He gets. He doesn't get calls because he's two meters and he's massive, and oh, he should be able to get up there. He's two meters. Look at the size of him. No, not when Alir Alir is hanging off the man and he's got jumpers and arms on shoulders and and he's just yeah. hanging off him, ugly. So right, he can't get in the air. We were absolutely screwed there. And the other thing that I'm not sure that if it showed up on the on the ground, but holding the ball. It's almost like it doesn't exist anymore. Players would do – I saw Horn Francis do a 360 and a half. And place the ball on the ground. And place the ball on the ground and then get a handball away. What would have happened to you do a 360 and if you've done a 360 and you haven't got rid of the ball, that's holding the ball. Yeah. If a player's hanging on to you and he can't actually just ram you into the deck and stop you from getting rid of the ball – like, you're not allowed to ram anybody into the deck anymore because you you get bloody a week for that. So if a bloke's got hold of you and he's hanging off you but you're managing to spin around, you don't get time to just spin around, do bloody Tony Hawk 720s, and then get a handball off. 
the bit that annoys me is that I wonder whether or not, so some of these happened in front of goal. Like, and they definitely all happened in front of goal mm. for Peter Wright. Does the umpire not call them because they don't want to call a free kick directly in front and, and have it cause a goal? Because the quickest way to stop Alir Alir and these other dudes hanging off righty is to call them. Yeah. yeah. And I'm sorry, mate, if people go, oh, you're looking after the forwards too much. I'm sorry. Peter Wright is two metres tall. He's nigh on 100 kegs and he leads well for the ball. Deal with it. If you if you can't stop him legally, then bad luck. <laughs> he's two metres tall. Bad luck for you, mate. So the only way that they're stopping this bloke at the moment is that they're chopping arms and hanging on to jumpers and it's – I think that's – all, all we need to say about it, but <laughs> bloody umpires need to lift because it just it just ruins the game and you've got these obvious ones and the umpire doesn't say anything. And then the next minute a player's supposed to, halfway through a tackle in a competitive testosterone game, they're supposed to realise, oh, hang on a minute, I've spun this bloke here, I better let go of him or I better put my head under his head, hand under his head and give him a pillow to put his head on before I put him on the ground. They're the ones that the, the, um, the umpires want the players to think about when you're in the middle of a tackle. No, 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 no he's going to get spun here. I better let him go. But they don't then concentrate on the really simple, really easy, holding the ball, incorrect disposal, and hanging off forwards. Mm. It's bloody annoying. But we will move on. That's probably the, <laughs> the, for another two or three years before we mention the umpiring. But it was poor. It was really poor. Uh <sighs> How? What are your thoughts? How do we address the Sam Wiedemann situation? So, yeah. um, I have two school of thoughts here because um, I, I will agree with Brad Scott, and people may scream down the microphone. I thought he competed really well in the ruck. I just generally do. I, I was at the ground. I saw him. He was working hard. Um, there was a number of occasions where he was running around in the ruck and he was bringing the ball to ground like he needed to because uh, it was wet. You know, I'm saying it wasn't yeah. a contested marking kind of. Day, but he worked hard to get the ball at least to the either a boundary line or so I actually thought even though he wasn't overly productive, it was his one of his better games in the last month. He would been really quiet. Um but yeah, it's uh what's his KPIs, mate? What's what's weak? Well, I mean, but I, I you say that and I know it's a sincere question though, because the way it Brad is a the, question, yeah, yeah. The, the way Brad Scott talks that he talks him up. Like post the game, he liked his game. He liked his. Mm. So what would his KPIs? Obviously, is not what yeah. we traditionally think of. Before. I, I think I think Scotty might be putting a little bit of mayo, mayo <laughs> like a little bit of a little we bit had, of. Yeah. Let's not upset the surely, man. Surely, surely, some part of your KPIs you can't have five weeks without a goal as centre half forward, right? Like as centre half forward, your number it should be bullet point number one, right? If it's not one, it's number two. Take marks. That's what you're employed. Every centre half forward that's ever lived is there to take marks, right, across the half-forward line. And if they can turn around and kick goals, then happy days after that. But Weeds' game at the moment is not what he's in the side for. And I appreciate what you're saying, that he performed well on the ruck and we got some return out of that six-foot-tall, six-foot-plus-tall Adonis of a human, right, who you look at him and go, wow, that's an AFL bloody prototype body right but we got something out of him the problem that i have mate is that we're starting to go oh well, he brought the ball to ground really well and he, he got it to a boundary yeah, really yeah, well I, that's not what he's in the side for right yeah i mean well it's it's one of five but you've got to he's got to have we've got to score goals he's yeah. got to be more dangerous yeah. because with righty down there and Wiedemann down there who's not an, an offensive 
uh, weapon down there. We're, we're, we're down a player, man. Like we, we had the conversation before we started the pod. Um, he's not an offensive weapon. And so our centre-half forward currently is not performing, right, in the centre-half, the true centre-half forward role that we want from the man. Um, but we've got a kid who's 19 years old who is busting heads, kicking ass, taking names and kicking goals at centre-half forward in the VFL in Paddy Voss who's doing the exact thing that centre-half forwards are supposed to do. He's busting packs, he's taking marks, and he's kicking goals where he can, right? So that, it, it does make me stop and think. And and I know that Scotty sort of said we, we was happy with Weed's game, and, and he probably for that game had different mm. KPIs, and his KPIs were back up, um, back up uh, Phillips in the ruck, do what you can, bring the ball to ground, be a mobile ruckman, and he did well. I, I just would like for for Wiedemann to be doing well at centre half forward and then be the backup Brackman. Yeah, you, you do want more at him. There's just that's uh, just reality. Um, I just so so. What do we do? Do we just continue on? Well, it's very hard to say because we could say, oh, you know, maybe it's time to give Vossi go and see see what you know see what happens. And but then you're hearing the presser and you're going, well, he's not he's not getting dropped. No, because and and like because. Scotty, if, so, he, if he likes the man, great. You, know, you almost feel like, well, it's almost mute what I think because oh. it's the coach's call. But um, but he obviously likes his role and, and it would be interesting to, you know, it's for a bigger subject maybe another day, but yeah. it's clear to me, you know, when you hear those whispers at North Melbourne that Scotty has his favourites yeah, and – and he always played them. You can start to see that transition into Essendon. I, um, I go, I'll be honest. I think Sam Durham's had a fairly quiet six, seven weeks. Yeah. Uh, the Dreamtime game was a kind of a one-off, but hasn't so, done anything massively wrong. Like he, just, he competes hard. There's yeah. no problem with that. But it, you know, with the, did the analysis on the on the two wingmen of Martin and Durham just poles apart. Yeah, exactly correct. Uh, but Durham's obviously a really competitive beast, and Scotty loves that, and he just wants him to get. Made as many games into him. So Scotty has his favourites, um, and that's just a, a challenge if you're not a favourite yeah. um, to to win him over. But uh, yeah, it's interesting debate. But you mentioned a guy before, and I realise I'm so glad you did because Phillips should definitely be now recognised. Then. Yes, for this game. yes, yes. Now then, um, I'm so glad brilliant you mentioned game. He brilliant was, game. Yeah, I really, really. That's the game we needed from Phillips. Absolutely. Uh, how many times have we said, oh, the opposition don't have a great massive ruckman? And we've blown it. Like, yes. we just haven't. We haven't taken advantage ha- of that. We haven't taken. This is the first time. Uh, not that every hit out went to uh, a player. And I, I think there was a. I'm trying to work out. I was watching it again. I'm going, see, the mids didn't really read him that well either. Um, so I'm trying to work out who the onus is on sometimes. Yeah. You go. Because Phillips has every right to say, no, I'm, so I told him I was going to tap it there. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> that, yeah. that, that, that play was to tap it there. And, and so sometimes there isn't a sink. But look, around the ground, he was he was definitely putting every bit of ounce of his body, throwing it around, he marking the Took some marks, ball. man, yeah. yeah. Uh, his effort was fantastic. So I, make, I want to make sure. And like some other – another person who doesn't get mentioned a lot in, in this pod – it was Will Snelling just put in a lot yeah, of... Yeah, again. He had some fantastic moments in this game. One brilliant moment. I'm trying to remember if it was the last quarter where the one where... Or was the second quarter? Oh, the one where Langford ended up kicking goal in the pocket. Yep. 
And he had three multiple plays all in the space of 30 seconds. Um, it was a Cannot really, be underestimated. He's a real trier and, and yeah. puts in, you know. He, Snelling's best is very good. Yeah, yeah. yeah when is, he's really up and is. about, his, yeah. his, his best is very good. He can go missing every now and then. And like every player can go missing every now and then. But well, his like, best is very good. And we talked about this a lot. That's a, that's the, that's a very common theme of a small forward. Yeah. That they just tend to go missing. Because yep. they're so much reliant on what's happening up the ground. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's um, – one thing I look – just before we go to the break, um, I wanted to I wanted to just sh- show you a, a bit of audio, and I hope it works. So if it's not, you'll come straight back to me. But uh, uh, <laughs> Professional but pod. Nathan Buckley was just talking about Essendon this morning on SEN, and I just thought it was really interesting what he had to say. So I, I, I would just like to point out that I was overruled. When it came to playing Nathan <laughs> Buckley on this bloody pod – I, I put up a formal objection to the <laughs> yes. board and it was rejected. The, the board said sorry. The board of the podcast said, sorry, we're going to play was, this. Sorry, it was positive. P- purely for purely <laughs> for context and that it was positive to the Essendon Footy Club, we are going to play a Hollywood captain on this podcast. Make it quick. Even when they lose, they've, they've been oh, a time this year and it's, I think it's been an exceptional an exceptional season for them. I fully expect that they will qualify, and and I would I would hate to play to come up against Essendon in September this year. They haven't won a final for a long time, mm. but there's something about Brad Scott's boys that just if I was a supporter, I'd be I'd be wrapped to watch. I, I reckon I know what I'm going to get, and largely it's around competitiveness and never give in. They move the ball as well as anyone from their back 50 to their forward 50 and, and, and they're expansive with their ball use and that's always been there with the Bombers in recent times. The thing that they haven't had is the is the defensive integrity. Mm. Now, they still allow ball movement a lot because, mm. and, and I think because they are a side that like that high um, transition game, they, they obviously run hard. They've got the... They've, they they move the ball really well, but they they actually defend even though they allow ball movement back. They actually defend that really well. And if you if you unpack them a little bit further, I mean I, I actually like what they're doing behind the ball. So Ridley's a, a young gun that's going to continue to get better. Redman, I love his attitude. Laverde, who they haven't had full access to, I think he stiffens them up a little bit. And Zerk Thatcher. And they've got a couple of runners off the back as well. But it's their competitiveness that really does it. So Durham, Hobbs, Snelling, Perkins, I really like Menzi, who mm. got subbed out on the weekend. And maybe yeah, you could argue whether that was the right call or not. Langford, Caldwell probably had one of his better games. Yep. So you look across the board, there's not and, – and I haven't even gone to, to um, Merritt and Heppel, who I reckon – Merritt in particular, who's become – Had a huge year. Yeah, look, they're just <clears> – The I tackle Merritt laid – Late in the game, I was like, this is a moment for a well, captain. I think their leadership has improved out of sight across the board. Like, so, you know, Merritt and, and Heppel, who was, Heppel was, was, you he was know, done. written off. He was, written he off. was actually done. And I was play, watching his last guy, four, he's done. And his last four to six weeks have been really good. He's stepped up and he's needed to because he wouldn't be getting a game with So that's, um, I'll leave it there, but... I thought that was really good points, and then sometimes it's good to actually hear outside voices, even look. if they are poxy calling the players. But that, <laughs> look, that, that pained me to listen to. But it's really good recognition to hear people like that noticing yeah. it as well. Well, the fact is, he was an AFL coach. He was an AFL captain. Crap one. And, and uh, it's just good to, to hear that kind of observations. 
Because I remember him in the preseason, Nathan, he was really worried about us and said, oh, I'm not sure where Essen's going. And, this is my uh, point. I mean, so, he doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, we had that podcast. Yeah, so had trouble, probably, yeah. <laughs> we had a very replicated. <laughs> Nathan Buckley says we're going to perform badly and we perform well. That'd be Nathan Buckley. Yeah, so, um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it, I thought it was, look, I thought it was a really interesting conversation and, and it, it, it kind of lends it to, it's just still having that the, the the holistic view of how how the season's going yeah. and and you know if we all took a poll and said honestly if we all answered honestly and said oh, will we beat Port Adelaide this 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 week yeah you, we we said on the show so if people don't listen to our Port yep Patreon podcast I said we'll lose by think three goals yep um you said me I think you're sort of similar range yeah around the two three yep um. And that's where I was at. I thought, and I, that was me going, no, we'll be competitive. Because we'll, we'll take it up to him. I tell you what, though, wouldn't you love to put a, I know you've got his phone number, wouldn't you love to just shoot Jake Kelly a little message and going, mate, you weren't wrong. It was a blip. Mate, well said, because Jake Kelly came on our um, on our show, mate, and he said, yeah, we, we said, was that a blip? He goes, oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Yes, that was a blip. And he said it very confidently. And uh, that, they'll, yeah, that they'll have a better performance. They'll yeah. have a much better performance. And Jake was probably sitting there in the change rooms after that, knowing that we almost beat him, going, I should bring the lunchtime catch up. Let him know. <laughs> I should let him know that we had a really good game. No, but, yeah, the only problem is that we had yeah, no. Look, don't worry about that last bloody <laughs> kick. When the siren, siren went, we were in front, right? Don't worry about the kick. Don't worry, don't <laughs> look for the kick. We we beat Port is basically the the attitude that I'm gonna go with yeah. to, to for the rest of the week. It's what will allow me to watch the replay again, basically. <laughs> so look, um yeah, uh, it, obviously we're both gutted. Uh we it was a it was a loss. But uh before we go to the break, really what happens now, and I this is where I think Scott will be very good. Um they have to get over that game extremely fast mm. uh, because right now the next three weeks is the season. If you want to talk about Scott may not preach that way because he, I think he's thinking about the holistic uh, about season and getting games yeah, with the guys yeah. as a fan selfish view. If you go, oh, if we wanted to make a finals, who are the three teams around us? The Bulldogs, Geelong and Adelaide. Who have we got next? Adelaide, Adelaide, Geelong, Geelong then Bulldogs. So this is it. Like, this is yeah, it. Absolutely. Like, this is um, – now, we're not going to win everyone, and Geelong and Geelong is probably the one you go – That's, that's going to be real tough. That's, that's a tough one. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you do feel like, oh, Bulldogs at Marvel. That's an interesting yeah. game. And, and Adelaide at Marvel. And you go – so it's it's in a little bit in our hands and how we perform, but we'll know a lot more in the next three weeks whether finals are realistic. If you win two out of three, then I think we make it. If you win one out of the next three, then it's getting harder. But it's still a still a you know there's very winnable games with the with the Swans and and, and West Coast North and Giants. There, and, yep. Yeah, yeah, and, and yeah, North. Yeah, so there's definitely winnable games. But you, you've got to start beating the teams like this. So they've, they've got to start beating the Bulldogs and the Crows. But this is the thing. I think we take take again. We lost the game, but I think we take. The really positives, if you're looking for the positives, man, we just <laughs> we beat them, man. We beat Port in the best, they're the best, second best, and the Collingwood ain't good. They're the best side in the comp. Well, yeah, and we, we performed we, better. Than we performed them, better I than think, them, I right? Think. And this is the thing: like we, 
And the siren went, man, we're in front. Except for one poxy. <laughs> you really kick. hung up on that siren. Except go. for one poxy little You kick. know, every fan goes, sorry, the. Uh, every. We beat that team, right? Right up until that poxy larks kick, right? It's like saying, uh, Besto, I wasn't out when uh, the ball passed me. Uh, uh, look, but <laughs> to take a positive away from it into the dogs game, we should be very excited. Sorry, Adelaide game. We should be very excited about playing in uh, the Adelaide game because we just performed well enough to beat. The top team in the comp, second top team in the comp. Yeah, if so, you could bottle that that second and third quarter and the second half of the fourth, when we, were, I thought we we're on on top, and to to have at the end of the game be plus twenty and contested footy against a tough team, you all take, the markers you, are there. Th- there's wins across all that, and and that's where you, you in some sense, the scoreboard. Um, you if you're looking at a two three year approach, you go okay, well that's. That's going to change, hopefully, as you grow more mature. And Now then, um, were there any injuries? Uh, not that I know of. No, because, I mean, we should hit Adelaide with the same um, team, if not better, because Drapes isn't playing, is he? Uh, no, 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 no not, not. for no, a while. No. So we should hit, that, should hit Adelaide with the same sort of team. And again, like, according to – it's not coming out of there, mate. It's coming out of Jake Kelly's mouth. That's a – that's the kind of performance that I think Jake was talking about when he said it wasn't it was a it was a blip. Um, yeah, I think that's and, uh, the kind be, they'll of they'll be annoyed that they lost that. I bet they will be. So they, they'll go with the vision, and there was and, and and I know Port had gettable goals, so I don't want to. Yeah, I, I you know I know that we would it could have should it yeah, yeah. would it would have both teams had gettable goals, yeah. so that was a pretty similar scoreline. But uh, um, but when we're on top, we just probably didn't use our inside fifties. I thought as well as we could, and it's something that we, and and it comes back to Kelly's comments on the show. So he made it very clear that we're nowhere near a finished product. And what hey. he, and what he talked about, and it was a really key message that I thought that I really grabbed onto was we've worked a lot on our defense and how we structure on the ground and just our competitiveness. And he goes, but remember, he said we didn't work one minute on yeah, offense. On offense, yeah, like not one yeah. minute. On and and so if you're going, we're winning a lot of this contested footy. We get you know, but we can't get our inside fifties right. So you add a layer of another preseason of what Scott is going to bring, and he's simplified kind of game way, plan, yeah. Um, that adds a little bit more um, nuance, you know, nuances, or, yeah, 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 a bit more set plays, yep. a bit more that kind of thing. Then that's what's exciting, and and, and you know, this and there's you know, we'll, we'll talk after the break. There's still some ex- a lot of exciting talent. Just sitting in the VFL. Absolutely. Uh, That's going to come through. It's going to help with a lot of offense just quietly. But we'll go to a quick break. We'll come back and have a bit more of a chat about it. Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. Now then, Scotty, you wanted to have a bit of a chat about our friends in the VFL. Yeah, look, this is obviously uh, the VFLW girls back in the final. Uh, obviously, was a very, very exciting, you know, um, 
uh, they play a final this weekend, I believe. Um, so I'll get the details of that. Sorry, but uh, but that was obviously a really uh, exciting moment. Uh, Hold on, ladies. Uh, for those who were trying to watch the stream of the VFL, the stream was down for pretty much three quarters, so no one actually saw anything. <laughs> Great. Um, they have come out and said that a stream will be up and running soon. So um, they, they recorded it, but that they it actually, just didn't stream. It just didn't stream. Okay. So, so look, no doubt there's – one of the big things from the game. One is the opposite happened is we won after the siren yeah. <laughs> and uh, 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 Tex does a little sh- chip kick. little chip kick into... <laughs> I uh, something st- <laughs> hey. Uh, Whoa, we can chip, fix it in post. Uh, chip kick, yeah, the, and, and, and Wallace kicked uh, the score. And I was like, I was really wrapped them because I've obviously lost like nine in a row. Yeah. Um, so you could see the and relief. And Coast on top? Yeah, they're yeah. top team. So... You know, there's some serious names that are going. I think they had something like 20 to 22 listed. Dang. So it, it was a, you know, really good team. So a fantastic win yeah. in, all, in all seriousness. Um, but Who performed? Well, I mean, then I'll, I'm interested to watch the replay. So please understand I couldn't go to that game. Yeah. So um, I was hopefully waiting for the stream. So I'm, I'm getting reports from friends and that sort of thing. But you can't help – Look at the game and go see the stats and see Elijah Sardis thirty-five disposals, six clearances, and eight tackles. Uh, it's very hard not to see that and go, okay. Um, yeah, look out for game number five. Uh, no, or that's, something silly. I think it's that's think that's his fourth. Okay, fourth game, man. Not bad. So uh, yeah, so uh, I'll be interested to see when the replay comes up how. You know what had happened there, but you know he's obviously had a huge impact on the game, and Essence listed him as the best player on the in their website. So, you know he's eighteen years old, and that's obviously you know, you know it was against some high quality midfielders and like even the guys younger guys, some of them like Elijah Hollands and a few yeah, other guys, skillful dudes, high yeah. high ranked draftees. Um, so that's a fantastic. Um, you know, output from the kid yeah. in game four. But you can't help but be excited about yeah. what this kid is going to bring to the mix. Uh, it's only game four, man. Yeah, and um, I still think uh, – I'm not going to talk about it long. We've talked about this, though, but I've got this gut feeling they're going to still play him for the next couple of weeks in, in the VFL because I, I think there's just not an obvious spot with him in the actual midfield rotation. Uh, so – and I, I don't think there would probably be an appetite. They did with this with Hobbs a little bit too when they were playing him in the VFL. They sometimes played, if you remember at the start of this year, he just, even though he had a good year last year, uh, you tell Scott wanted him to have five games or four or five games straight back as an inside mid in the VFL. Make sure that craft is, is getting developed. And I think that's probably maybe where they'll be at with Sardis as well. Just, yeah, you know, he's probably playing well enough to get a high, fo- yeah. high forward role on mm. him, but do you want him to play that nope. role? I'd, nope. I'd, I'd, Set it with I'd, Hobbs, say it again. Yeah, I'd want him straight back, right on the ball, learn, keep keep developing, keep yep. growing, and um, and uh, you 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 know it's it's very hard. He's not taking a Hobbs position, he's not taking a Coldwell position, and he's not taking Parish or Merritt, and um, he's not taking Martin. He's, so um, look, if, if he is playing wing, so you know. Durham probably is maybe maybe is maybe. maybe but um but I I think that my gut feel is he played inside kind of mid and or clearance mid a little bit um is a junior so 
Oh, it doesn't bother four me at all. I don't yeah. feel like there's no urgency to four four games. Yeah, he's played four games of VFL. It's 20. just it's just no matter what, it's just exciting that he's, oh, he's and that, that's where that let's let's watch him continue just to celebrate. Go, that, Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let him let him get leather poisoning forever and just go. Yeah, 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 mate. We know you know you know that I know that you know that I know <laughs> that you're going to be in the very in the <laughs> AFL very very soon, mate. Yeah, and we appreciate Scott, that. And the Scott Mantra, remember was. When he's in, he doesn't want him out. That's right. So just relax, man. Just keep racking them up. Spank the hell out of these VFL midfielders. Show them what you've got and watch all of the Essendon supporters just get more and more and more and more excited until you get a game. Yeah. But four games, man. Like just, just just chill. The kid's what? Is he even 19 yet? No, he's 18. He's yeah. 18 years old. <sighs> well, Nelly. But yeah, just everything's everything's tracking. Absolutely perfectly. perfectly. Yeah. Uh, look uh, – Alwyn Davey, um, they they he's been playing a bit more midfield time recently. You know, I th- I was just checking the stats before. He's had a really really good game. So he's had sorry, I'm just I'm pretty sure it was 24 possessions. I I saw so yeah, he's had uh, yeah 23 possessions. Uh, he's had seven tackles and five clearances. Nice. That's that's really really promising. Uh. For another eighteen-year-old, yeah, <laughs> who again is is very slight of frame and very um, could get bounced around a bit there in the middle there. But to get the clearances, man, that's that is another string to that kid's bow. And yeah, these are great minutes. So this is this is fantastic development minutes. So it, it, I, this is where the VFL should be seen as a massive positive yeah. because Stanton and these guys who are coaching these kids will know what to do, what their weaknesses are. They're playing their preferred role that they enjoy their footy on. That we want them to eventually play in the seniors. That's it. And it's that's this is just fantastic stuff. Uh, look, I did a massive shout out to him last week. Waller again, eighteen disposals, nine tackles. You know that, it, that's that's the Waller that we need. That's yeah. the eighteen to twenty that we need out of him. He's really working hard, and uh, he's yeah. Not I mean, he had, he had similar tackle count last week, so like seven or eight. He's really working his butt off and, uh, you know, I don't know if it's there yet to actually have a call up, but... Um, yeah, you just wonder... Yeah, he's working hard to, at least I think in two or three weeks, to make a pitch for it though. Um, yeah. Because to me, he's running out the games better. Yep. Um, he's getting fitter. And, and the more that happens, um, he seems to have taken it very more seriously, the getting fitter part. And, and, it's, and it's really making him chase more, tackle more, pressure more. And Scott wants a high-pressure forward of quality coming in. So I wouldn't be surprised if this stays the same with his frame uh, and he gets fitter and fitter, then he'll start going, no, no, you're in now. Yeah. 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 I mean, he's a, he's a when he's in, he's a, he's a senior player. He knows what he's doing. He just – he if he can keep getting those 18 to 20 touches, man, and the tackle count, and then Waller at, at senior level is going to pinch you one or two. So everybody would welcome the man back, not just because they love him to death, but because he's a very dangerous player when he's on the field. Yeah, and uh, look, uh, just for those who's interested, if you want a, a proper breakdown of the VFL, I'm going to actually have about a 35, 40-minute chat to Paul Cousins on Wednesday night. Um, the man. Now, sorry, it is, it is a... Um, it is a uh, a month is a kind of a, a scheduled Patreon show, so yep. it is on our Patreon platform. But you know, we're going to have the VFL president on. We're going to talk about the game, talk about Sardis and his form, and Vossi in his form, and and Waller and all that. And you know, 
you know, his emotions during that day and the dramatic day of being yeah. in the top team. So look for, for, for our Patreons, look forward to that. Um, there'll be a really, really cool chat. So Patreon.com forward slash lunchtime catch up. Five bucks, go and join up. Yeah, so five bucks a month. So, yeah, it's um, really, you know, that, that helped a lot. Obviously, I'm a mad cricket fan, so that helped. The Ashes helped a lot. Yeah, suffering your jocks. <laughs> suffering your jocks, you hypocritical bunch of poms. I can say that because I'm half a one. And I swear, if, if Bairstow says another word, my mate, the big, um, the big, uh, the Porcinides, the Pusinides, um, that'll be hilarious that I've just mentioned his name in the podcast. Um, but Theo, the Golden Greek, has sent through, somebody scoured the internet and sent through the uh, clip of uh, um, Jay Bairstow. Um, keeping with uh, Manus Labashangadangi. Oh, yeah, uh, they did the same thing. And yeah. he did exactly the same thing, and they're complaining about it. Isn't that amazing? So, yeah. yeah. And I know, it's too broad. Like, come on, man. Like, I mean, you, you, we all saw what happened last year, and you, you clearly hit it, and you didn't say, you know, Exactly right, man. You, you just, you're hypocritical. And the Lord's bloody members can take a very large jump off a very short pier because like, this is the thing. They're all standing behind a rope with their bloody poxy orange and, and orange and yellow on and hanging it on um, elite athletes across a, a, a rope. Take that rope away and watch them all shut the hell up. And this is a lot of this is a lot of cricket, right? And that's in a footy club podcast. You can't just go wandering out of your <laughs> crease. And when you do and you get run out, you, Stokes like, came out and they said, "Oh, it was he wouldn't do if Kerry was behind the stumps to Nathan Lyon." Bingo! He he that's exactly right. He would be. That's a really good point, actually. Um, I'm glad we gave him a slapping, and I hope we give him another one in the third. <laughs> well, there's your cricket update as well. Uh, yeah. So can can you tell that we're ignoring that we lost? Just, and that just, and just, how we lost. And I we concentrated just on anything that was a victory. That's it. I concentrated on Australia. I concentrated on the <laughs> VFLW girls um, and the VFL team. We got through that, but mostly we beat the soap dodging, bad teethed poms. <laughs> Suffering your jocks. <laughs> there you go. All right. That's it from us. Uh, sparkling ending to the show. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, uh, look, thank you, everyone, for your support. Uh, get along to the. Marvel, uh, the Crows game this week. Absolutely, we, we need heaps week. of fans there. Crook or not crook, I'm there. So uh, yeah, it would be. Uh, can't wait. Uh, it's a mini final in some ways. Yep. Uh, so we need as many fans as possible. They're in some okay form and all. Oh, they're a very, very much improved team. Yeah, they are and all. So, um, really good, really good, um, really good game to go and see. We'll all be there. Hope you can make it too. Like Scotty said, check out Wednesday on our Patreon team. Scotty's going to have a chat to um, to Mr. Paul Cousins, the man, the myth, um, on everything to do with VFL. Um, and then we'll be back on Thursday as well for a um, for our uh, team selection show. Unless it's on Sunday, are we Sunday? He just ended the show, so we will talk to you guys later. Bye bye. It is Sunday. Okay, bye.